Welcome to another episode of Heroes And. This is a podcast where we talk about heroes and villains, movies, comics, and Rise of the Tomb Raider only being on Xbox One. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to talk about it. I'm Cody. And I'm Andy. And today is a special episode for Heroes And because we are recording from Coliseum of Comics. Coliseum of Comics is a comic book store in Orlando. They actually have several locations across uh, Orlando, Central Florida area. And uh, we're excited to be here. The great selection here of comics, indie comics, Marvel, DC. They have back issues of stuff. It's just a great comic book store to be recording at. And it's just a, a privilege and an honor for Heroes and to be doing this here today. So this is basically the closest thing to a live show cody yeah yeah, andy i always joke about like when you bring up an issue about us fixing it in post or me fixing it in post yeah there is no fixing it in post for this one it's uh it's pretty much just this is down to it's down to don't suck today (laughs) like you could have sucked yesterday yes and you could suck tomorrow yes but just don't suck today Andy. okay so bring your a game cody (laughs) i'll bring my a game i won't suck today so uh so it's it's gonna be a good episode i'm really excited again just to have the opportunity to record here at coliseum of comics and today our episode is heroes and top five villains now we're not focusing on just one type of media uh for this episode we're crossing over between tv shows comics movies and video games so just popping the top on all that stuff for yeah for any villains that we want to talk about. Yeah, and some of the villains that we are going to pick, some of that may be based on their performance uh, that, the act, that the actor did, or maybe it's because of what they brought out of our superheroes. You know, there's not really a cr- criteria to this, and so it's just what, you know, our top five villains. And so, and like Cody said, across all media, so it should be a good one. So, uh, CP, you, you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Yeah, sure, I'll go first. All right, man, what do you got? My first one is going to be Carnage. Okay, uh, Carnage. You, you might have heard. Of. He's, so Carnage is a, a variation of the symbiote that makes that makes Spider-Man, you know, evil. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, like gets onto Venom mm-hmm. and creates Venom. Uh, but in the case of Carnage, it's the symbiote on a murderer. <laughs> yes. So you get all <laughs> you get all of the darkness all that's already associated with the you know with the black suit and yeah. with Venom. But then you also get the you lose the the somewhat rational thinking, and you add blood and a murderer inside, so you just get a totally dark and crazy monster. Yes, yeah. I uh, my <coughs> first ex- you know the first time I really encountered Carnage, and you know it wasn't even from a comic book; it was actually from the Spider-Man TV show, the animated series, mm-hmm. and I remember being really scared of this guy of this character just the way he looked even though he kind of looked similar to venom and even though he, he looked similar to spider-man he was a very terrifying it was something different it was something that was over the top and i i it was very frightening so yeah i mean carnage is he's sick he's a, yeah. he's a murderer he's I, crazy. I think for me the reason some reason like him being much more slender mm-hmm. and like smaller in in frame Compared to, you know, like to Venom, where, you know, Venom's this, this hulking mass, you know. Yeah. Uh, some reason that's that's more freaky to me because he's like he's quick and he's agile. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, like he really just doesn't he doesn't care. Like he's just out for blood. Yeah. And so he, there's no there's no method to his madness. He just is out to seek and kill and destroy. And so 
that's why Carnage is going to be my my number one for my top five villains. All right, yeah, that's a good one to kick us off. Uh, for me, my number one, and again, there's no particular order to these. It's not we're, we're not ranking them or anything. These are just our top five. Uh, for me, I look at uh, the Joker. A lot of people love the Joker, obviously, for many reasons. A lot of people love even the Joker from Christopher Nolan's uh, Dark Knight. Uh, but mm-hmm. the Joker I'm talking about is a Joker from the Batman animated series. I absolutely love that Joker. I love Mark perf- Hamill. Yeah, Joker. I, I love it. I actually, I absolutely love his performance, his voice acting, as uh, when he he portrays that character. Um, it's it's chilling. It's frightening. It's uh, it can be silly and goofy. Like we like the if you look at those episodes on uh, in the Batman animated TV show, you see that uh, he's really the Joker is really goofy and silly and. Uh, yeah, he has you know a, um, a, some form of a plan, and, and, you know, an evil scheme to mm-hmm. you know do something or to kidnap someone or whatever. But for some reason, he's very lighthearted about it. Um, so M- Mark Hamill does a great job in delivering that side of the character. But just kudos to Mark Hamill when they asked when they asked him to be the voice for the Joker for the Batman Arkham games, mm-hmm. video games. We see a different take on that Joker. So. Same actor, same voice actor, but we see that he's able to tap into a darker, more, more evil. sinister. Yeah, yeah. More, uh, in the Arkham games, Joker's a lot more like he's still definitely like he's still a clown. Yeah, even in those, mm-hmm. and like he's he's still very much is joking. Mm-hmm. But all of the stuff that he's doing is much more terrifying. Yeah, and it's really like he's just out to he's out to hurt and uh, and he has a plan and he has very well you know well thought out plans. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. You don't always see. Yeah. And so, uh, again, so I love the Joker from the the Batman anime series. I think that's the first time I, I think I saw the Joker. I think I think I saw the cartoon before I saw the first, you know, Tim Burton movie. And so my first me, the first time I encountered the Joker was through the Batman animated TV show. And it was it's great. I love I love that show. I, I still do to this day. I, I have. I think volume one on DVD and I just put in, you know, I just throw in a, a DVD every now and then just to watch a few episodes. But, um, yeah, his performance w- was great. Cody, quick question to kind of put you on the spot again. I know, you know, I don't just want to have you think on your feet here in regarding to performances, uh, different takes on the Joker, mm-hmm. which would you say is your favorite? My favorite is going to be the Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. And then, you know, even Arkham Knight Joker. Okay. Uh, because I, I think with that one, you get the best balance of the of the anarchist that you see, like, in The Dark Knight. Okay. But then you also get a great balance of the of the clown, of the, you know, the Joker yeah. aspects that you see, like, in the animated show where he's still very much, like, it's just all fun and games to him. Yeah. You know, but then you, like, I feel like with the Dark Knight version, mm-hmm. or the, you know, the Dark Knight iteration, it's it's too much of the... You know, if he just wants to wreck Batman's world and wreck Gotham, mm-hmm. and not enough of like him thinking things are funny, yeah. Which like the Joker in Arkham Knight or Arkham, you know, in the Arkham you know series, you get a very much like he's like he thinks that the madness that he's causing is funny, and there's times where he's just laughing about you know about the situation. Yeah. So okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So for me, I know a lot of people love Heath Ledger's. Joker and rightly so. Like he, I mean, he did a great job with that role, and he really. It's. I was just watching something online that he won that Academy Award, mm-hmm. and it's the only award a superhero movie 
ever received for uh, that's non uh, technical or non production. You know, so that's as far yeah, so as far as like actual like the acting involved, it's the only award that was ever given to a superhero movie. So and that's because of Heath Ledger's performance. So yeah, I totally get why people love that that version of the, of the Joker. So uh, all right, Cody, how about uh, what's your number two? What's your second pick for top five? My number two comes from the Marvel Secret Wars event that's happening right now, uh, and I'm going to try and say all this without spoiling, you know, anything that's happening in in that run or you know in any of the new issues. But my second one is Doctor Doom. Yes, from Fantastic Four. Not from Fantastic. <laughs> not from that god awful excuse for a superhero movie. <laughs> how, how do you feel about it? Cody? <laughs> Holy moly! Not from okay. that Fantastic Flop. Okay. I'm talking about Doctor Doom. Okay. From the Secret Wars event, specifically God Doom, because yes. one, like just him in the all white, like. Yeah, it looks sick. Yes. Like he just looks awesome. In yeah. That. What I love particularly is in the first issues of Secret Wars, you find out that Doctor Doom or Doom at this point, God yeah. Doom, uh, created the world mm-hmm. uh, that he's called Battle World, mm-hmm. and it's essentially you know an amalgam of a bunch of different pieces and parts of the Marvel universe throughout mm-hmm. you know throughout all the Marvel universe is, uh, and he's calling himself God because he made the you know made the world he has the powers of a god and so mm-hmm. you don't really find out his true motives though up until like in issue four uh, so he, like almost halfway through yeah, the whole event yeah, right halfway through the initial then they added issues and mm-hmm. you know all that other stuff that's going on in secret wars about them marvel dropping the ball but <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, you don't really find out like if he's a good guy or bad guy i mean we know doom is a bad guy you know from previously but he made this world. He tried to say, you know, he tried yeah. to save everything. So you think maybe he's maybe he's not a bad guy this time. Don't really know his motives. But again, in issue four, there's a point where uh, he tells one of the tells one of the our heroes that have arrived uh, on the battle on a life raft in mm-hmm. Battle World uh, from you know the universes of old, and he tells them he tells him the future you speak of is a dream, and that dream is over, and proceeds to uh, to put the guy down. In a pretty, <laughs> yes. in a pretty harsh way, yes. with his bare hands, which somehow him being a god and like doing that with his bare hands, <laughs> like he's like I could I could just make this painless for you, yeah. but I'm not going to. Or he can I, use it's a display of power, I think. Is yeah, what it is. and it's to show that he's not playing any games. Yeah, and it does a great job of doing that. I will say that again. Don't want to spoil it. Spoil it too much for for the listeners who ha- aren't on, who aren't up to speed on Civ- uh, Secret Wars. But that scene, yeah, there is a, it does depict the the power that he has. And it, it's not even that he uses any. It's not like he's using, using any superpowers. No, there. he's just it's, using. It's entirely, I think it's entirely about the person that he's killing. Yes. And knowing the power that the person that he, that he kills has. Yeah. And so when he kills this, you know, this, this particular per- yeah. character, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a big deal because that guy is strong. And Doom just killed him with his bare hands. Yeah, I, I, I even though we want to joke and, and kind of take a little shots here and there at, at Marvel, I have been enjoying the Secret Wars. Oh yeah, I think event. they're doing a great job. Yeah. I think it's a great event. Yeah, but it's just disappointing to what we're trying to say from Heroes End is it's a little disappointing that the, you know the delays and adding another issue and all that stuff and so whatever. But we're, we're we'll still buy the the issue. Yeah, we're yeah. still finishing we're still, it out. Yeah, we're and still we'll in still it. one day do an episode where we review the whole thing. Yes, who knows? Maybe it'll be a year from now when they finally <laughs> get them all out. But 
it'll be it'll be good nonetheless. All right. So, All right, so Andy, what's your what's your number two for your top five villains? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Doctor Octopus. Doc, following me with the Doctor. I see you. Yes, yes. So, um, I really, really enjoyed this villain for a, a lot of reasons. Um, we see in Spider-Man Two. This is the villain that they use, and I think I, I think Sam Raimi did a, a great job with the character. And a lot of people say that's arguably the best superhero movie, and which is kind of crazy to think about. It's before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's like pre Dark Knight, yeah, pre Dark Knight, before yeah. the game was changed. Yeah, and so a lot of people still say that it's the best superhero movie. But Doc Ock was great in that in that movie, and I thought the effects with the arms and everything, I thought that looked great too. Uh, it allowed for a lot of cool fight scenes, mm-hmm. um, which was a lot of fun to see too. But I really enjoyed. I think why there's there's more heart or in that in that battle between Spider Man and Doc Ock is because they were friends at one point. You know, they right. had a, a relationship of one of a you know mentor and, and you know really Peter Parker being under his wing. You know, as a student, as a scientist, and all that stuff. And and so it, you know that there's some there's some weight there's some weight to that relationship. Um, so you kind of in that movie you see the beginning of that relationship, but then recently in you know recent Spider-Man comics we kind of see how that all ends and the conclusion to that relationship. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but um, you can see how these relation how that relationship comes to an end um, and what they bring out of each other, it's Spider-Man and, and Doc Ock, and how wise they are how much they appreciate each other it's just a really good end to their story and so um and that i'm referencing amazing spider-man and the 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 name of the graphic novel is dying wish and so amazing spider-man dying wish and so you kind of again like i said you see the conclusion of that of that relationship and it's really good and it does a really good job in putting like putting a bow on that whole thing and so yeah, so for me, I really enjoyed Doc Doctor Octopus. You really enjoyed. I I enjoyed it so much that I enjoyed Doctor Octopus so much <laughs> that I made a costume of Doctor yeah. Octopus. But what I what I love about uh, in particular those, and maybe it's just the the original Spider Man movies, but uh, I love that those villains don't have the same powers as Spider Man. Yeah. You know, yeah. we see like. You know, between Green Goblin and then Sandman and even, you know, Dr. Octopus, mm-hmm. they are still very much a challenging, a challenge and very much a threat to Spider-Man. Yeah. But they still, you know, they're still not having the same powers as Spider-Man, still fight, you know, totally different fight style than Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I think it, it brings a lot to the fight scenes and yeah. it definitely challenges Spider-Man in a, in a cool way. Yeah. So I really, I really enjoy it, and so yeah. So for me, Doctor Octopus. I know a lot of people um, may not love all the Spider-Man movies and and whatnot, but I think I think Doc Ock is a, is a great villain. So uh, that's my number two villain, Doctor Octopus. All right, Cody, what's your number three, man? My number three is going to be Deathstroke. Okay. So you you may have heard of him. He's he's been gaining popularity. I feel yeah. like uh, lately uh, in the you know in the DC comic book world, and so uh, particularly I think of the Batman Arkham Origins video game. Okay. So this is the you know the prequel game that Warner Brothers Entertainment did. It's not made by Rocksteady, mm-hmm. uh, and so it, it flashes back to the you know the very early stages in Batman's career, 
uh, and to the point where Batman's really only dealt with thugs and gangsters, and so yeah. Uh, but essentially, Black Mask hires a bunch of supervillains and hitmen to hunt down Batman, and there's a price on Batman's head, essentially. Yeah. And one of those villains that shows up in Gotham to kill Batman is Deathstroke. And the first time you see Deathstroke in that game, for one, he just kind of he catches Batman, like, on... He catches Batman without Batman really noticing, or, off you know, guard, like, he catches him off guard. Yeah. yeah. So, but then the fight, like, it really just comes down to you fighting Deathstroke. It's not like you're sneaking around and trying to sneak up on him or anything like that. Like, it comes down to a fist fight, mm-hmm. which some people may not care for that so much. But what I loved about that is that in that fight, you see that Deathstroke is very much, he's able to fight Batman, and he's, like, he's rivals Batman as far as his combat his, skills. As far as his combat skills and as far as his fighting style. So, that fight, the first time, I, there were so many people, like, on if you look on the internet and whatnot, the first time everybody does that fight, like... It's just hard. It's just like no matter no matter how good like this you know, this is a third game third Batman Arkham game. Yeah. People are well adjusted to the fighting style and you know, and such like that. But in that one in particular, because it's Deathstroke, like they do they did a great job to make like Deathstroke is he counters your attacks well mm-hmm. and you have to like counter him and then counter him again to you know, to be able to stop him and so and once you know, once you get it, once you play through it a couple times, then you're able to just you know, just you're able to take him because you're Batman, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but but definitely the first times like Batman or Deathstroke, I mean, uh, he really just does a great job of taking it to the Batman. And in my mind, anyone that can go toe to toe with Batman and just about win, yeah, uh, you know, does a great job. Of course, Batman always wins, even if it's Superman that he's fighting. That's, but that's always that's always the the answer <laughs> to the equation, right? No matter what, Batman, <laughs> Batman, yeah, Batman wins. I also love uh, Deathstroke in the show Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see him in season two. He's the he's the big bad for season two. And without spoiling too much of season two of Arrow, uh, he does a great job of ruining Oliver's entire life. Mm-hmm. And you know. Throughout the whole season, or you know, especially the halfway through the season, the second half, or the ha- the second half of season two, uh, it's all building to a head with mm-hmm. with it all coming down to Oliver, the Arrow, yeah, fighting Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, and so. But that that tension is great, and the ways that he is manipulating and just crushing Oliver and bringing it in in every direction on Oliver. Is it, great. It's absolutely amazing. I, I think that's why Arrow season two is the best season so far, and <laughs> I think that's why so many people really started watching it. Is because there was, I mean, it was back to back episodes. Like that thing was on a roll. Like it, it never missed a beat. And so we thought one episode was good, and then the next episode would come out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's somehow it's better than the other one, like yeah. the previous one. And so it, I mean, they did great. And I think a huge part of that reason why. Arrow season two is so good is because of you know Slade Wilson. That's I, true. I hundred you know? percent agree. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a great choice for for your villain men. What is your number three, Andy, for your villains? Uh, I'm gonna have to go uh, to a Batman villain for this one, and again, and I'm gonna say Catwoman. Now, before you guys stop listening to the podcast, <laughs> don't don't all right, don't turn it off here. Okay, just <laughs> let me explain. Um, the Catwoman that I that I'm choosing for you know is Catwoman from the Dark Knight Rises, and that that of course was 
performed by Anne Hathaway, and she absolutely did an amazing job with that It was really funny that everyone was like, no, it's not going to work. And I think it's just funny that with the Chris Nolan movies, like the Chris Nolan Batman movies, it seemed like every casting people were like, no, that's not, that's going to be dumb, you know, yeah. <laughs> for Tom Hardy as Bane, yeah. for Heath Ledger as Joker, yeah. and even Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Yeah. Nobody believed it. Nobody mm. believed in Chris Nolan. Yeah, I don't, I think, I think that's why I, I walked out seeing that movie, uh, enjoying it as much as I did, because I was just so blown away by it, by, uh, by how good they did with wrapping it up, but even how good the performers, the actors did in that in that movie so we see that we have you know like you said tom hardy he's he did an amazing job with as bane but also again my number three is catwoman i did not think anne hathaway was going to do a great job with that role i thought i thought if anything that was going to be the weakest part of the movie i thought that she wasn't able to pull it off like you know anne hathaway is she's she's a pretty actress you know she can act but I, i didn't think she had that side of her to I don't to, think up you know until that point we hadn't seen her in any like true action movies or yeah. like anything follow, following the same kind of genre that at least you know gathered a whole lot of note yeah and so I just didn't think she can pull off being a you know a burglar and you know being somewhat seductive to you know to the guys that she comes and she encounters and whatnot having her way and things like that and so I just didn't think she was able she was able to do that but she did a great job. Like she just absolutely hit a home run with it, and I just absolutely, I just absolutely loved it. I, I was really blown away. And of course, I really enjoyed the fact that there is a good side to her. She's not, you know, what I'm saying like she's not. Yeah, in in that you see that her her motivations, like ultimately, she just she wants out of this life. Yeah, but she keeps getting dragged back in. Yeah, and she's looking for that clean slate, like the movie exactly. talks about. Exactly, and so we see that she's able to do that, and the end is, you know, call it what you want. You may say it's a cheesy ending, but the ending it played out the way it did, and I and I really enjoyed it. I, I really did the way, I really enjoyed the way they tied up her story and then Bruce Wayne's story. So, for my number three, it, it's Catwoman, hands down. I, I really enjoyed that performance a lot. Cody, how about you, man? What's your number? We're almost we're almost halfway we're done. Almost halfway done. What's your what's your number four, man? <laughs> My number four is the reverse flash. Great choice. From, <laughs> Great choice. From dude. a little show called Flash. Yes. Which random side note on Flash. It's funny that now it's on Netflix and I feel like every week somebody else is like, Hey Cody, you watch The Flash, right? Like <laughs> yes. like people are just now catching on yes. like to how great this show truly is. Yeah. Uh, but I really I really enjoy the flash like the season they're right now with zoom oh yeah. my gosh but so good uh, <laughs> which i side note i really thought it was you know pointing back to our season two premiere episode one of our concerns was how are they going to pull us off dealing with another speedster but they're doing but a great like <laughs> somehow they made so they they made it like in one episode <laughs> that we really see zoom Sorry, this is a random like this is totally off topic for yes. a top five. But in one episode with Zoom, like that we get a good look at him and everything, he very quickly shows that he is more powerful yes. than Reverse Flash. He's faster than Reverse Flash. He establishes and himself, he's, and he's faster than Barry Allen. And yes. so it totally like absolutely makes great. a fool out, yes. out, of, out of Barry Allen almost. But Zoom is not my villain. No, Reverse Flash is, and the reason I love the Reverse Flash is because he's so he's such a great character Mm -hmm. in season one of the flash and i think that that is entirely uh owed to 
Tom Cavanaugh, yeah. uh, who's the actor that portrays him uh, throughout most of the season. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and also just the way he's written. And I think it's it may even be less about the way he's written and more about the way the mystery surrounding his identity is. Yeah. Because at first you don't even know his name. You yeah. just know him. We know him as the man in yellow. Yeah. Uh, and granted, you know, as comic book and as, you know, comic book fans, we know that he's the reverse flash, but mm-hmm. as far as Barry Allen and Cisco and Caitlin but, yeah. and Harrison Wells mm-hmm. are, con- are concerned, he is just the man in yellow and they're trying to figure that out. They know that he killed Barry's mom and whatnot, but that's the extent of it. The relationship that he has with Cisco in particular in the moment when he when he, you know, he's dealing with Cisco mm-hmm. and the relationship that he has with Cisco is is great. Like it's it's such a such a high stakes moment for Cisco and such a defining moment for Cisco as well as the reverse flash because the reverse flash is selling, saying that he did care about him, yeah, and that he does, you know, he does, he does love him, and views him as a son. But at the same time, he's vibrating his hand through his chest, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I love you, bud, but like, <laughs> see ya, see ya. <laughs> but yeah, so. there's there's so many good reasons to to really enjoy and appreciate the Reverse Flash. I think again, it brings out the best of Barry, it brings out the best out of him, but also until you get the reveal of who he is. Then all of a sudden you realize, how is that possible? How were you able, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it, but how did, whoever the reverse flash is, you know, if you're not caught when, up on, yeah. When you finally find out the truth of who he is, you don't want to, like, you don't even want to accept it. Exactly. Because it hits so close to home. Exactly. For Barry and, you know, for you as a viewer. Yeah, for everyone there. And so, though, I mean, it was, it, again, the Flash season one, amazing. And then you're right, the I think part of the magic of season one and why it was so enjoyable and why it kept viewers watching every episode is because of this mystery of who the man in the yellow suit is. So far, so far, Andy, do you, are you more of a reverse flash guy or are you more of a zoom guy? Um, I think I'm going to have to go, gosh, uh, that's a really tough, tough question. I think I'm going to go with reverse flash. Only because, I mean, I have to go with reverse flash. Otherwise, Zoom has to be in my <laughs> Yeah, you kind of just spoiled <laughs> it for everyone who you really are going with. But I'm going to go reverse flash only because of the connection that he has with Barry. Now, up to this point when we're recording this episode and when the episode will, will, will drop, we, we probably won't know who, the, who Zoom is. And so unless that person has an, an even stronger connection to Barry, Barry, yeah, then maybe it might be Zoom at the end. But for right now, I really enjoy the reverse flash. And I honestly, I think that suit looks... His suit is, is pretty sick. Is, I, like, I like his suit more than I like Barry's suit because yeah. like the blackened like sections. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's incredible. It's a, it's, a, it's a definitely good detail. Another random side. It shows up again in like the most recent Flash okay. episode. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I need to. I need. You need to. I know you, you haven't watched it yet, but you need to. Okay. <laughs> so what's, what's your number four? Andy? I love that this slowly just is a, this is a conversation just between you and me, and we were just recording, which I guess is the whole point of why we did this podcast. <laughs> um, for me, my my number four villain is similar to your number one villain, Cody, and that's Venom. I 
really, 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 really love that Venom. Spider-Man 3 version? Nope. Took for Grace? N- not even no? close. I <laughs> Actually, I do everything I can to forget that that is Venom, um, which is really sad <laughs> that uh, Spider-Man 3 was, yeah. <clears throat> but no, I, uh, I love Venom, and the version I love from Venom, I have uh, two versions, but um, the one I really love the most is from the Spider-Man animated TV show. It's really the first time I saw the character. It was the first time I, I really saw and appreciated what a villain brings out of a hero. I think I think that's why I think that's the first time I really thought, and like, wow, realizing that complex relationship, yeah. between the hero and the villain. Yeah, I think that's one of the first early relationships between a hero and the bad guy and the villain, and like what that looks like. And so, Venom is great. At, you know, in the animated TV show and, and in the comics, it's it's Eddie Brock. You know, who gets the 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 alien symbiote and becomes venom and it's just he's just this powerful foe that that challenges spider-man and there's some even some some history to peter parker and they eddie have a brock a little bit of a personal relationship yeah and previously so, exactly so that it brings a little bit more into that spider-man venom relationship and um it's great and then even again like i said i have two versions of venom that i really like but the even recently somewhat recently in the ultimate comics spider-man uh, comic book run that they that they wrapped up uh, we see miles morales he is spider-man in that universe and he encounters venom but he's just like a this monster like he's just like this black gooey monster you really he kind of talks but you really don't know it doesn't look like a a human is in a black suit you know like with venom and with carnage there's you still, there's see still like the, the human figure. human figure yeah human form in there but with the ultimate ultimate comic Spider-Man run where they bring Venom and it's the first time Miles Morales en- encounters Venom it it's just like this big black gooey monster that it's like just, it's like it's just a symbiote with no body exactly yeah it's, there's no real form to it and it's just destroying everything and like killing people and stuff and it's brutal and Miles at that point is still kind of young as a spider as Spider-Man and so it's even great that he has to encounter this huge this big challenging foe um so it's absolutely absolutely great so if you were interested in that comic book run that's ultimate comics spider-man volume four um again i think it's called the venom war and so that it makes it's it's a really good read so for my number four it's venom particularly eddie brock from the animated series but also from ultimate comics spider-man so uh cp What's your last one, man? Let's let's uh, let's end on a good note. Who you got for number five? I have Wilson Fisk, which I'm not gonna lie, Cody. I was really surprised that this this guy made it on your top five. Really? Why is that? I just didn't think. Honestly, I just didn't think that you were a daredevil guy. But also, I didn't. I guess I didn't think that you appreciated and loved the tv show as much as as much uh, enough to make wilson fisk is that just because you've been asking me to do an episode (laughs) (laughs) on daredevil (laughs) forever and i'm like andy it's too late we missed the shot is that why it's like that doesn't mean that i don't like the show (laughs) i love the daredevil netflix (laughs) show and that's like that's where i'm pulling this from yeah this is my way of saying (laughs) but put your money where your mouth is let's let's do a daredevil episode (laughs) this is this might be as close as we get i'm sorry okay but i love in, in in the Netflix Daredevil show that you 
you don't see Wilson Fisk until I think it's like episode four or five. Yeah. It's it's well it's pretty well far into the show because there's only thirteen episodes. I say that's so almost, it's, it's almost halfway. Yeah. The first time you hear his name <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> you remember alert. spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Dare, Daredevil asks essentially is confronting this guy, asking him who hired him and such. And the guy says that his name is Wilson Fisk. All right, he may just say Fisk. <laughs> yeah. I think he just says Fisk. But he says, the, he, the guy says his name, this criminal says, you know, Fisk. Fisk. Yeah. And then he kills himself. <laughs> he immediately regrets he, he it. He immediately is like, he's like, I just ruined my entire life because <laughs> I said his name. He's going to come after me and yes. he's going to kill everyone I love. Yeah. So he just jumps to the point where he's dead. Yeah. And he takes care of himself. And it's in a pretty, like, gruesome, Gory way, man. dark way that you see directly on screen like <laughs> they don't do any like, any magic there's, tricks there's any no clever tricks. cuts no, like you see no. it happen right on screen any villain <laughs> like any type somebody is willing to like somebody's just going to kill themselves rather than face you yeah like and as a viewer you haven't even seen him yet yeah. like you don't even know who he is what he looks like you know, except for prior knowledge you know from the Daredevil movie or you know whatever comic but, books comic whatever. books etc but yeah, totally scary. Also, that guy is just dark from the get go. Like yeah. as a you know the flashbacks that you see in the show with you know with his his relationship with his father mm-hmm. and such like that is just terrifying. Like he he has been a lost and cruel person yeah. from the from very you know a very young age, and that's that's awesome. Yeah. Also though, and I think this is the biggest thing for me as to why I like him is. He is a character that is very much like he really believes that he is doing the right thing, mm-hmm. that he is doing right by his convictions. By his convictions, mm-hmm. and he's and he really thinks that he knows what's best for Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, which, which is, is then, <laughs> which is it's just like it's then such a you know such an opposite of Daredevil, and as we you know as we can see that it's like running you know criminal organization. Is not the way to. It's not the way to get things done <laughs> to manage a, to manage a city. Yeah, and like, operate a, a, <laughs> like a town that's not the way to bring a city back to life. <laughs> you know, but it's very like he's very much like he's supposed to be the hero. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a you know the cool point in the towards the end of the show where he compares his life to the story of you know to a biblical account, mm-hmm. uh, and he. He says that he always thought he was this individual. He always thought he was the Good Samaritan yeah. uh, in the story, but he realizes that he's not, you yeah. know. Uh, and so, it's it's just he's so good. He's so I, good in that. I think, I think any villain who sees himself or herself as the good guy, I think that's something that's extremely frightening because again, they really believe that they are doing the right thing. And so it's not that it's not even that they see themselves as, as the bad guy, knowing that oh they're just trying to rob a bank or they're trying to right. kill this person or they're trying to, but if they really think that their motives are right and that they're in the right and the this this hero this menace Spider Man Daredevil yeah, whoever Batman, is opposing them yeah they're they're, they're the one in the in, that's you know wrong whether we like we see that in Arkham games with yeah. Hugo Strange we see that in Avengers Age of Ultron with mm-hmm. Ultron yeah. That's really that's really frightening to see that. And then also going back to Fisk, you know, from Daredevil, it's kind of similar to to some degree. It's a little similar to The Flash season 1 where there's this there's this mystery behind this villain. And 
we're in the flash it's just like we're trying to figure out who this person is because we we see the man in the yellow suit but we don't know who's under the mask like who's in the suit it, itself right. but with fisk it's almost they they do an amazing job in creating this environment that you do the, you, <clears throat> you do not excuse me you do not say his name you don't even talk about him you don't mention that there isn't even you know an, an organization or there's someone or there's in charge this, this or, person and yeah yeah you, you there's no talk of him they don't even refer to him as the kingpin no in you know in that in the, the daredevil show yeah you know at first maybe that's you know to come maybe, maybe that's to come you know maybe we'll see that in season two who knows but just the fact that he they don't talk about him yeah because he's like like we said with you know the guy kills himself mm-hmm. because because he's so terrified of this guy yeah and that's it. It's absolutely terrifying. And I think it's uh, the fact that they they were able that they were able to go three three four five episodes into the series, and we still don't know who this guy is. We still don't know what's happening. I think I think it's cool too and smart that they uh, they that they. It's almost like we're Daredevil. We're figuring things out. We're learning as, this as much as just just, as, just as all right alongside Matt Murdock. Yeah, and that I think that's really clever. So. Uh, they did a great job with that. So yeah, Wilson, Wilson Fisk is absolutely amazing. Good. Also, there's a point I I've read the Civil War, Secret Wars tie-in. Okay. And there's a point where, and you'll appreciate this because you like you know Doctor Doctor Octopus is yes. one of your favorites. There's a point in the Secret Civil War storyline for the Secret Wars tie-in uh, that Spider-Man is talking like they go to fight Kingpin, mm-hmm. and they say they see him. And he's got the Doctor Octopus arms, okay, on him. Okay, and so, he, it's, but it's, but it's like Spider Man's telling the story about how he came to have the arms, and he says that Kingpin captured Doc Ock, oh and ripped the, like ripped the arms off <laughs> of Doctor Octopus, <clears throat> and then he figured out a way to attach them to himself. But as soon as he did, the arms like they loved Doctor Octopus, so they fried his brain. <laughs> so then it's just like the arms they still have to be attached to a body i guess you know to exist they the arms are controlling his body and not the other way around and not the other way like <laughs> oh it's entirely like like oh kingpin is essentially you know yeah brain dead yeah and they call him king ock and he's running like into the the arms are running intelligence for for tony My stark gosh. and for you know for his side of you know of the civil war what it's terrifying That's- it's like, <laughs> like, because it's like like there's like they can kind of like it's almost like the venom in you know in ultimate spider-man yeah. with miles where he can kind of talk you know yeah because the arms are able to form small like brief sentences and such but mm-hmm. yeah it's so cool. So that, that's what happens when when my number two villain and your number five villain come together as yeah. one. Okay. And if you, your the arms of yours take on the bo- the, the fat body of <laughs> of, of mine. Yeah. Okay, um, that's incredible. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my number five here uh, to tie this up, and that num- my number five villain is Magneto. I love me some Magneto, and I really didn't think I. I would love this character as much as I do until X-Men First Class came out. I think that's... I think that's the first time for me that I I really consider him, like, to be really, really cool. Like, that movie just does a great job of not making it just seem like, oh, he can can move some bullets every now and then, you know, pick up some cars and such. Yeah, they did... With X-Men First Class, I I think the best part of that movie, and then continuing with Days of Futures 
past, the one of the best things of those two movies is the relationship between Charles and and, and Magneto. You know what we see with with Professor X and, and Magneto with, is that they were good friends at one point. They almost have they're almost fighting for the same thing, but then they're taking different motives to get to the to the end. They they ultimately know? want peace. Yes, you know on Earth. But it's it's different. The ways that they think that that can happen are entirely different. Yeah, know, between the two of them, totally different. And so, uh, but again, part of the, a huge and a very large aspect of why I love that character is because of Michael Fassbender. The actor did a he just did a great job with that performance. He really, really, really did. And the way he portrayed uh, his motives of why he is almost like to quote him. This, you know, he's Frankenstein's monster, you know, to quote, like, we kind of understood where he was coming from. We understood his motives and maybe we don't agree with how he's handling things, but we understand why he wants to accomplish certain things. And it's, it's just absolutely great. And then as, as that character develops, we, like in my mind, I get excited because I just know like, oh my gosh, like this, yeah, I can totally see the pathway that this person is on and how they really become this, the true form of Magneto, of what we see in the comics and what we see in the t- the cartoon show or, or, you know, even in the first three X-Men movies, you know, and um, they're absolutely great. I, I think I think Michael Fassbender did a great job. And he, even in the comics somewhat recently with Mar- Marvel Now and whatnot, we see him in, we see him in Uncanny X-Men. He's in, he's in that run for a little bit and he's wearing like an all white, suit which is awesome it's kind of it's funny reminiscent of the dr doom yeah the god doom yeah but what's great is i think it's really neat when we see these villains wear an all-white suit to some degree i I don't know why i just noticed that makes it seem like their character their motives are pure like yeah they're they're coming as an angel of light exactly but what's great is like somehow they can pull it off like they they look really awesome (laughs) like really sick and it just looks really good on them when they do wear like an all-white version of their normal suit or costume or whatever and then we see again he right now he gets his own he gets his own comic book series you know and um and i think which leads into secret wars i don't know what that looks like after secret wars but before secret wars before that event happened you know he was have he had his own his own comic book series and so the first one is magneto volume one uh infamous is the name of that graphic novel uh just just if you guys want to read some some somewhat current Magneto comic book stuff and but yeah my love my appreciation for Magneto comes from the first class and days of future past because of Michael Fassbender I love in X-Men first class particularly that moment that scene in the bar mm-hmm. where it's yes. like it's like he's a secret agent or something the way he's yes. like just using the coin and yeah. like, like the taking these guys out and the knives and whatnot like so cool and the <laughs> to your point and this is kind of weird but like it's always maybe it's maybe this is why it reminds you a little bit of like James of like James Bond or whatnot. But it's he's he's dressed nicely, <laughs> like he's <laughs> like he's looking fresh. He looks like, like a Kingsman. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so we see that he somehow he's he's dressed really nicely, but then he starts killing dudes in this bar. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> what in the world? But yeah, I I love Magneto, I, especially. 
Michael Fassbender's performance in First Class and, and Days of Futures Past. So, um, so yeah, that's our episode for for heroes and top five villains. Uh, let us know what you guys think. I, I, we would love to know what you guys think, the listeners, what villains you you guys appreciate, what you guys love, and uh, that we are there see. any you agree with us. Disagree. with some of our picks yeah who would you take out of our picks and put in instead yeah uh, and again you can pull that from any anything from star wars to star trek to anything you know you can do comic i mean video games video can, games yeah whatever you know so uh, most of ours came from you know we we focus more on comic book char- kind of characters but there definitely are people that i want to put in here you know or that i would put in here uh, from other stuff as well yeah um, so yeah, so that's our episode. Just want to give you guys just a few comic books to uh, be on the look look out for this upcoming uh, Wednesday. So we have the Dark Knight three. This is uh, this is the big one. Uh, this might be the the biggest release that comes out today uh, by Frank Miller. Um, it's can it's part three of that series that he did. I, Cody, I still haven't read. I still haven't read The Dark Knight Returns. It's okay. Um, I under, you know, I but, understand. But you we know, can watch the movie. The movie is is great. You I want to get I, the storyline. I want to read the graphic novel, but then we, I think I would enjoy the movie more. So, uh, so yeah, part three comes out. Uh, we also have Vader, Darth Vader number thirteen. That's uh, part two of the Vader Down event. Uh, so if you're into Star Wars, you know the comic book runs have been have been great. So uh, you definitely want to check that out. We also have this is an indie comic that comes out today that comes out on Wednesday, and that is Ringside Number One. Now I was reading a little bit about it. I, the name is what caught my attention, but it's just it's just a comic book on professional wrestling and the world that that is it's not that's your jam bro. That's, <laughs> you best believe i'm going to pick this up even if it's good or not i'm just curious to see what that looks like and it really it really deals with the the world outside of the actual wrestling itself so it's the professional wrestling world mm-hmm. you know outside the ring so um that should be good and then lastly uh, we have venom space knight number one and that's that's a new series that kicks off and that should be really fun because it's just it's venom and he's in space and that's pretty much it <laughs> like there's that, like like you said like we kind of said this a little uh, i think it was last episode but he's part he was part of the guardians of the galaxy so you know he was he's he, a good guy yeah he's at a that good point guy. yeah he's, he's no longer he's put the evil behind him exactly and it's flash thompson yes in a suit, if i'm not mistaken yeah and so but it's fun because now he's just in space and he's just doing his thing up there. And so that should be, I think, a fun one. Um, so those are the comic book suggestions for, for this Wednesday. Again, big thank you to Coliseum of Comics uh, for opening the floor to us and letting us record uh, in your space. We yep. really appreciate it. Make sure you can check them out on, uh, make sure to check them out on ColiseumofComics.com. And make sure to visit their website because they have just released the deals and sales that they will be having uh, a couple days in are on black friday yeah uh so make sure to check those out I'm sure it's gonna be some great comic book deals and such yeah um again like i said or like we said already follow us on on social media you can follow us on twitter and instagram at heroes underscore and and go ahead and just like us on facebook as well facebook.com slash heroes and if you have any questions you want uh, if you have any suggestions or whatnot you can email us as well at heroes and podcast at gmail.com and basically i mean any way that you guys can reach out to us that'd be great we love to interact with our fans our listeners that we really appreciate that and whatever you guys can do to spread the word about the podcast you know right on our facebook wall um you know talk about us on social media and all that stuff review our episodes any of that kind of stuff is great and we greatly appreciate it 
All right, but that is our episode for Heroes and Top 5 Villains. I'm Cody. And I'm Andy. And And we're we're out. out.